guys this is jimmy thorpe with breathe upon waking thank you so much for listening and thank you to scott davenport i feel really grateful about being able to sit down and have a conversation with this guy who just bleeds values and character and nostalgia authenticity um, he's the head coach of the bellarmine university men's basketball team and if you're not paying attention to them you definitely are missing out they're doing some innovative and kind of radical things over there in the way that they play and uh, approach the game and they moved recently from division two up to division one and they're already making some noise there so you should uh, pay attention to them um, thanks again to scott davenport hope you guys can really get some value for this side note the audio that came through um, from skype was not so great i did the best that i could to clean it up for you um, but it is what it is and just hoping you guys can still get the value from it thank you so much all the best peace nice to see you in person um i you know i've just seen your stuff on youtube and kind of started there and then started to learn about you and um and i thought i wanted to pick your brain a little bit because you seem to be doing some good things there you know it's interesting jimmy um i use this in clinics all the time vast majority of high school programs have players that look like ours if you have LeBron James, good for you, but you probably don't. Consequently, I think the things we do are more applicable for the masses than they are, you know, the very, very once-in-a-lifetime generational player. Now, I had those guys. I coached high school basketball. You know, it's, uh, one, two, five. Seven, 15, 16 years of my life. And Alan Houston, to go on to play for the Knicks, was a, a generational player. I mean, he was. Uh, and, and he had great teammates. But by and large, you have players that look like our guys. You know, again, at the college level, we don't have LeBron James at Bellarmine. I wish, but we don't. So I think what we do can apply to a lot of people if they're committed willing and then you gotta you gotta sell it the players gotta buy it uh, for us you hear the word culture all the time in sports and i kind of go the other way like i i'm not being argumentative but i don't like it i would rather you have and, and what we believe in is a program a program means we have a plan you know culture it's it's hard to put your arms around it well, our, our plan is starts with putting the players first, academically, athletically, and socially. In other words, what we're going to demand of them athletically, attention to detail, organization, passion, that's going to carry over into the locker room. It, you, you, can't, you can't leave, have one attitude in a classroom and another one on a court. It just doesn't work. Mm -hmm. Now, you can fake it and get by. It, it doesn't work. So they have to all be in. We, we just finished our 34th straight semester at a 3-0 or above as a team. We just had our second highest semester ever. We had a 3-4-6, and the only semester higher was the COVID semester that there was unlimited pass-fails. So, you know, if I'm making a 
a B minus. I'll just take a pass fail. Almost everybody had a four zero. <laughs> uh, so that component of it is where it starts. Now in recruiting, you're a parent. You're gonna like that. And then the the end of it is, I hope you play in the NBA. I hope you play overseas. I hope you have a great career. But two things: number one, if you do, why don't you do it with a Bowman degree in your pocket? And two. In all likelihood, the law of averages, you're not going to. Mm-hmm. It's not going to happen. Then the the athletic part of that speaks for itself. That it, it's a it's a it's by us with a, a definition. It's the way we're going to play offensively, defensively. It's attention to detail. All right, we're allowed four hours on the court right now. So yesterday on June the 14th, we spent three minutes on free throw blockout. And you're like, well, why are you worried about a free throw block out in, on June 14th? Well, you always worry about it. But what message does that send to them? What do you think they thought? Every little thing does count. Mm-hmm. He, just spent in, he just spent three minutes on an offensive attack or a defensive attack or, a free throw, or on a free throw block out. Mm-hmm. On June 14th, that was by design. Now. The side story there is I was a graduate assistant at Louisville in 1983, and it was the first Kentucky-Louisville game ever regular scheduled, and we got beat on a failed missed blockout on a free throw in Rupp Arena. I was scarred for life, believe So, like, our goal is that we're never going to give up one. But the message is, the basketball component is, all right, so every little thing is important. Mm-hmm. Now, like our theme yesterday, if you are criticized, if you are criticized, then look yourself in the mirror and decide if it's warranted, do something about it, change it. I'm not, I don't wake up to go try to criticize you to make you have a bad day. I'm trying to help. So another underlying theme in our program is please accept that we are trying to do things for you, not to you. Big difference. We're hard on it. We are hard on it. I mean, we are hard. But, you know, that was a a one-hour practice yesterday. Um, And and I'll be very candid. It's my, I love it. Because I'm not rehashing our last game. I'm not game planning for the day. It's just pure basketball. It's pure teaching basketball. Footwork, little, little things. And, And, you know, you got three freshmen, you got a sophomore transfer, and they're in, they're in day uh, one, two, three, four, five, six. And they're like, wow. Now, total disclosure, I'm sure you've heard it. There's more than one way to be successful in coaching. But it works for us. Uh, I coached under two of the, the greatest, greatest pressing coaches ever in the history of college basketball. Two Hall of Fame coaches. They pressed different ways. As a high school coach, I pressed. We had Allen Houston. We had, we had 28 Division One players in 10 years. We had great players. We pressed on missed shots. That's probably the first time in my life I did anything innovative. Uh, we pressed on missed shots. And the reason, if, if we scored 50% of our possessions and then we're running back, if we pressed on missed shots, we're not pressed on every possession. Why not? It, you know, if, if pressing is going to be our deal, let's do it all we can do. It. 
And so I, I come to Bellarmine and we couldn't have pressed anybody. There's no way. It just uh, our clientele, uh, we were, everybody in our league was quicker than us. It was opposite. And what evolved in about a matter of six months was let's press on offense because the one the one goal in defense was to speed the offense up. That was it. Let's get let's get a four man with the ball. Let's get a five man with the ball. Let's make their let's dog their point guard some way some way some form. We we're going to speed them up. And I thought, you know, if we can press on offense, and if we can move the ball so fast, maybe a player will have a 15-foot closeout. We can't go by him. But if he's running closing out 15 feet, we can go by him. Mm-hmm. And then it grew, and then it grew, and then it grew. Uh, when I was a high school coach at Ballard, I was a big, big believer, you know, big guards. I was a Coach Crum disciple. but we got really, really good at reversing the ball and passing. And I thought it was a really good way to play. And the players love playing like that. They're very mm-hmm. selfish. So then, about the first time I ever tried anything in my life, out of the, kind of out of the box, so to speak, just envision what I'm going to say here. I taped our court in the summer. I, I, I taped a dotted line from the elbow to the midcourt corner. Follow me. Uh-huh. Then I went from the other, the left elbow to the midcourt corner. So we're like we're like a a, a V, right? Yeah. And I did it at the other end. Now it, it's not a perfect point, but it's like a diamond, isn't it? And I made a rule: if you caught the ball there, you had to reverse it. Hard and fast. Summer pickup basketball. There was no AU basketball. They were all mine. Summer pickup basketball. <laughs> called it there, you have to reverse it. And it started the Lakers of Magic Johnson brought passing and running it into, into popularity. Uh-huh. Well, if the ball's on the right wing and I'm at the top and the ball's being passed, if I'm on the left side of the court, what's getting ready to happen? Ball reversal. It's coming to me. So on the, what happened is guys started sprinting and getting open. Now the court was getting wide open. So, you know, you say, well, did you win at Ballard because you had better players? Or did you win because you were starting to, to get this offense? Well, probably both. So I go to Louisville. And we're not allowed any summer practice, nothing like this. So I said, when you guys play pickup games, we're, gonna just, we're not in the ball, but we're going to do this. Coach Crump thought I'd absolutely lost my mind. <laughs> thought, this guy is nuts. Well, it kind of grew and got better and better and better. It really didn't take hold like with him till the shot clock came down. Then everybody was speeded up. And, and I kind of look back now, take a little victory lap. We were a little bit ahead of the game. And then as I, you know, then Coach Patino comes. And as Coach Patino got to Louisville, analytics in the NBA were starting to really take off. Mm-hmm. You know, that was 2001. They were, you know, they were breaking videos down in an incredible way, challenge shots, open shots, on and on and on and on. So I kind of became a basketball nerd in that regard. Then ball reversals got in it. You know, Popovich goes on in that incredible run with 
San Antonio, and he had a D3 background, and, and I take a job at Bellarmine. I'm a Division II coach. All right, let's go. And it just it's kind of grown. And now we're two years into Division One, and again, there's more than one way to be successful, but it's working for us. So let me ask you some details about this. How do you now coach, other than taping that diamond on the floor, how do you encourage ball reversals, and how do you teach field goal percentage in a good shot versus a bad shot? Okay. Well, you know, they can look at me, and, and now it, it sells itself because it's stood the test of time. Right. So last year, last year, and this is this is one this is 32 games. This is not this is one game short. We made 110 out of 369 shots, which is 30% even with no ball reversal. 30%. We made 248 out of 617 with one reversal. That's 40%. That's a big jump. Well, but the key number there is we had almost twice as many of one reversal versus even. Now let's go all the way up to two plus, two or more reversals. Mm -hmm. Shot 60%. And we shot 823 attempts. So let's go from 369 to 823 with one or more reversals. And we go from 30 to 60%. So why? Because when you move the ball, you move the defense. And what do you do? You speed them up. I mean, the I watch game after game after game after game. Four dribbles between your legs, right, left, right, left, left, right, right, left, left, right. And, and go seven dribbles and you've covered eight feet. I mean, again, if you got Allen Iverson, that'll work. Well, so one of your guys does that in practice. What are you doing? I never in my life thought I would ever do this. We do a lot of offensive basketball, no dribbles. I, I never thought I'd be that guy, but at times when I think we're getting stagnant with the ball in our hands, I do. I, I never thought I would do that. Because I'm not one that believes you do things in, in a game in, in practice, you're not going to do in a game. But at times we do. Uh, there's a video called the San Antonio Spurs, a beautiful game, and we we make our campers watch it, we make our players watch it, and, and it kind of I, it, it launched me getting in all in on the Spurs. Uh, they were so different than the NBA. They drafted different, but they won. Their, their draft stock was so different because, like, uh, the guard, Mono Ginobili, he was like the 57th pick in the draft. Mm -hmm. And it was this dominant guy in terms of knowing how to play mm -hmm. in the NBA. So, so it, it's kind of evolved. Uh, but there's probably not a day goes by. We, like I say, we've just finished day seven. Um, that we don't go five against four. Now, here's where sometimes we try to outsmart ourselves. Five on four, 
you'll say, boy, that's a great offensive drill because you're going to move the ball. and We want to attack inside out. We want ball reversals. We want player movement, ball movement, all the cliches. Well, here's what happened. We get beat off the dribble all the time. Well, if we can guard four, if we can guard five guys for four, we do that all the time. We're pretty good at it. We do it. Give me a fifth guy. We'll be real good. You mentioned our field goal percentages. So, you know, you probably know the numbers. In Division Two, the last 11, six, six out of the last 10, we were number one in the country. We were number top six in the country. Uh, we led the nation four. We go Division One, year one, we're third out of 358 teams. Gonzaga was first. They were 31 and 0, so they got beat. It's not. It, it, it's not shoot. It's not shot. It's it's shot selection, and, and that comes down to passing. I do radio Monday nights all year, not just during basketball. Kentucky fans, not this past year, year four, we call them. They were eight and fourteen, and they would rant and scream and, and yell, "We don't have shooters. We need to." Cal Perry needs to recruit. I'm like, wait a minute. Have you ever looked at their credentials? Don't tell me they can't shoot. Mm-hmm. It's shot selection. They take care of nobody, any level, they don't make bad shots. Now, the NBA, they're so good. Like, I watch these games. I, I mean, some of the shots they hit are horrible shots, except they're the best players in the world. Mm-hmm. So just turn it off. Watch, watch some else because they're incredible. They're so good. But the key is the best shot. Can you share any details related to how you coach that? Every second of every day. But if if I practice in balance, inside out shots, if I practice, you know, hands, feet, body ready to catch it, I practice great passing. Should I expect to make the shot in the game? Yeah, should. And if I if I study relentlessly the material and I get tutoring and I, you know, I'm obsessed with this upcoming exam, should I expect to do good? Yes. Now, if I study math for three solid weeks to take a geography test, I'm probably not going to do very well. Well, then why would I take these shots in practice day after day after day and then get in the game and take challenge, off-balance, whatever shot. Don't expect them to go in. It's great to play here because when you do what you're taught and you take shots that you practice and you miss it, nobody cares. Nobody cares. Mm -hmm. And, And that's easy to say, but it's incredibly hard to do. Can I ask what what takes in practice practice. a challenge shot, bad shot? How are you handling that? How how is teaching? They know. They know. And I'm probably the worst in the world at telling them. And they're like, yeah, I know that. They knew that. But when you want it for them so bad, that's okay. Go back to what I said. I'm doing it for you. I'm not doing this, you know, to you. I'm not. I didn't wake up this morning and say, I'm going to go down and make Justin Betts have a horrible day. No, I'm going to wake up trying to make him better. So they understand. I mean, they do. Uh, they're phenomenal kids. They, they, our gym, they have access to our gym 
I'll give you an example. Uh, we use this as a teaching tool, and it's 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 fun. I'm gonna be honest, it's fun. Uh, so we do groups of what we call individual or small group instruction throughout the year. Could be three to four days a week in between classes. Could be before class. Uh, a kid might get up 165 to 220 shots in 40 minutes. It's rapid fire game shots, game passing the whole bit. That's a lot. All right. Let's say I take uh, one of our players. If we do this totally on the download, they don't have a clue. Maybe once a month. Let's say Bellarmine's having a two-hour practice. The moment we finish our stretch and we start, that moment, I'm going to have one of our support guys, nobody knows he's doing it, count an individual every shot they take. I'm, now, this isn't a team practice with 14 players. So, in other words, it could be uh, red against gray shooting. It could be four-man fast break with no defense. It could be a live five-on-four or a fast break drill. But if, 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 if Jimmy Thorpe takes a shot, we're going to document the shot. Mm -hmm. A two-hour practice, how many shots do you think a kid shoots? <laughs> Hundred. Never more than fifty. Usually thirty-five to forty. The whole practice. I'm talking about our best players. I'm not talking about some some kid that's not. No, I'm talking about if they take a shot, we're going to document the shot. What's the What's the objective? What are we teaching? To be a great basketball player. What about rebounding? What about getting a deflection? What about making an extra pass? What about diving on the floor for a loose ball? What about a great screen? What about a great cut? What about running the floor and you got a teammate open because you ran so hard? But everybody does what? Shoot, shoots the ball. Great players affect the game a lot of different ways. Now, what if you have five players trying to affect the game other than just shooting the ball? Your team's going to be good. It's an amazing. We'll do it once a month with just a rant, and they have no clue. And they're like, wow. And, and obviously, we pick a lot of younger guys. Mm -hmm. Isn't that amazing? Can't believe it. Can't believe it. It is. It's unbelievable. And, and I'm talking about if, if it's any shot that kid shoots in two hours, we're going we're gonna to chart it. Mm. And then we're like, Wow, okay, now, did you really affect the game in every way possible? But if you have all five guys for 40 minutes or 32 minutes committed to creating a deflection or a loose ball recovery or a rebound, you know, out of my area, or I ran to get a teammate open, boy, if you do that as a team, you're going to be better. Mm. You know, the, the game for us like yesterday, we practiced. I'm going to be very honest. It was incredible. It was incredible. I mean, it, I'll tell you right now, it, it was. It was incredible. <laughs> and, and just so you know, now, total disclosure, our guys get here at 6. They're in the weight room. Some are voluntarily on the court till uh, 8. Then 8 to 8.30, they eat breakfast. Then 
campers start coming at 8.30, camps 8 is 9 to 4. Now, during camp, we may have kids in internships. We may have kids running the class and back. I mean, you know, but they're working camp. And then we were on the court 4.30 to 5.30, actually 4.30 to about 5.45 years now. I mean, that's a 12-hour day. All right, now, it's easy when we're all there involved as a staff and, and we're, we're all engaged and we're all over them. All right now, we step off because our time, we're on a clock, so our time's done. They're going to play because we had a recruit in. They're going to play um, 45 minutes of pickup. Now what happens? Bad habits. Okay. Go back to my analogy. Why would we practice for an hour and 15 minutes like this? And now you're on your own and you're going to play your way. That's go back to my analogy about studying all week math to take a geography test. It'd be stupid to play like that, wouldn't it? Mm -hmm. It was incredible years ago. And just so you know, the kid just committed to us because he said that that's as good a basketball as I've ever played in my life. Wow. But you, you see what I'm saying? So so now of our eight hours a week, four on the court, it's expanded, isn't it? It's expanded. Well, that speaks to the buy-in from the players. And the leadership from within. Yeah. Now, and I'm getting way deep off the week. I'm very big on things. The greatest goals, uh, the greatest source of motivation comes from within. Like, we have a word we use every year to break a huddle. Last year, it was it was believe. Uh, this year, it's win. Well, everybody thinks I'm, that they were me to win the game. That, you know, because we coach. And, and it comes from them. It does not come from us. Mm. Well, their win is what's important now. Mm. We're coming off winning a conference tournament championship. That's in the past, isn't it? What's important now? That came from them. It's a good actor. The, the board is downstairs. You all see the board. We already got a huge, I mean, it's under glass and it's, you know, two of our captains. It's what, and it's when, what's important now. Uh, so how do you get to that point? Well, you teach, you, 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 you compliment, you criticize and you encourage. Constantly, constantly. Mm -hmm. And Again, I know the word culture's just worn out, but our players, and you used to buy in, they do. They, they, you know, in recruiting, like this kid today, I told him, uh, it's a tremendous challenge because we want kids who want to become us. What do, wanna, what do some kids want? They want us to become them. That doesn't work very well here. <laughs> we got to believe in what we do. So, you know, that's our challenge, no doubt about it. I mean, that's our challenge. Uh, Can I ask you one more detailed sure. question about on the court before we move on? You guys don't set a lot of balls. Nope. What are your thoughts about well, ball screen? Okay. What does a ball screen do? Clog it up. It brings the, it brings more defenders to the ball. Now. Do we set them? Yes, but we set them in very rapid fashions. We don't, you know, like, again, our guys watch the NBA. They're going to watch it tomorrow night. They're all going crazy. Every 
not I should say every, the vast, vast majority of, of pick and rolls in the NBA are offensive fouls in college basketball. I mean, it's like a pulling guard. I mean, they just, in, in the NFL. Well, the reason we don't set a lot of pick and rolls is because we now are bringing the defense to the ball. We want the defense to have to chase the ball. Now, we do set them, but probably a little more unique than just an old-fashioned, you know, pick and roll. And, and, but, you know, I, I'm, I've done this my whole life. Why do you set ball screens? Free up the ball handler. That's right, because he can't get open by himself. That's why. Because mm-hmm. if he could go by the guy, why would you bring another defender? To him? Right. So when we set him, we want to set him off such great movement that the defender is not guarding his man. Consequently, the offensive screener has a free shot at the guy. We don't want the guy riding riding his behind out there, blitzing it, jumping it, hedging it, whatever, trapping it, whatever you want to do. So, you know, we create, if we set pick and rolls, we're going to create them where he's going to get a free shot. Uh, if you're not setting you're not a lot of ball screens, that somewhat leads up to the individual with the ball to create an for the team and pressing on offense. How do you teach the players to repeat? All right, now is the time to attack. We, our goal could be off the pass. It could be off a cut. It could be off the dribble to get a half of man to help you, help on you. In other words, your cut to the basket should be to, to get by your man at least all I want is a minimum of a half a man to help. If I beat my man off the bounce and we teach playing off two feet and a half a man has to help, then what our the rest of our offense is doing is reading the defense, not the offense. That half a man now is guarding two. Can't do it. Unless, unless you stand still and then a half a man can help and get back. Mm-hmm. So what do we teach? Read the defense, not the offense. All right. What is coaching? How do you teach that? Watch the ball. The ball will tell you. There is never a second in a game of basketball you shouldn't see the ball. So if I see the ball being driven and, and I'm reading the defense and my man has to help a half a guy, I'm going to the rim. Mm-hmm. I'm spacing away to a corner. So the ball will tell me how to read the defense. I can't just use those words. We got and we practice it every day, every day. Yet last night, the cuts that we got, it it, it was. I mean, I I tell you what, I walked out here with a lot of bounce on my step for June fourteenth. This is the offseason. I'm good about it. It was good basketball. Well, you know, we we use the phrase all the time. There's good basketball. There is. I mean, there is. You know, good shot, bad shot, uh, failures to block out, failures to talk. I mean, there's good basketball, bad basketball. And good basketball is a beautiful thing. I mean, it is. It's, and these players are absolutely incredible. I mean, I can't give these kids enough credit. You've spoken about uh, your passion, your passion of the game and, and, and this team. team. Uh, as more of an app, I had to look that up. 
it's a, it's a hobby. Can you talk about this a little bit? Yeah, vocation's a job. For me, by definition, you know, a guy that builds great houses, that's his vocation. That's what he does. Uh, this is more of an advocation in believing in, in that you can teach people who want to be taught. And this team, this past year, and, and the big picture of this program, if everybody wants the same thing, and they're willing to do no matter what it takes to achieve it, that's powerful. Let's take Miss Smith's third graders. She has 22 third graders. What if every kid walked in there that day and was willing to say, man, I'm going to have a great day, but I'm going to help. I'm going to help this person to my right and my left. Miss Smith's going to have a heck of a second grade or third grade day. She is. That's our locker room. I don't care if it's our managers, our assistant coaches, our trainer, our strength coach. If everybody wants the same thing, is willing to do whatever it takes, that's powerful. You know, society, if we did that, we'd be in pretty good shape right now. Mm-hmm. And I think the reason it's like that with me, uh, and the, the, the thing we're following this year, when you're a part of something bigger than you, nobody wants to let anybody down. What, so what's the end result for you? It's going to be the best you can be. I've been to seven funerals or visitations the last two years. Guys, one or two years older than younger than me. How come that's not me? Through the game of basketball, I was a part of something much bigger than me, and I wanted it so bad that I was willing to do no matter what it took as a player, as a coach, that it brought out the best in me. I look at seven of my greatest friends, three of them were in my wedding. Uh, tough decisions, I'm fortunate. The game of basketball brought out the best in me. And I think young people, need these type of things. Unfortunately, some things are bringing out the worst in it. So it's our job to to get them excited about something that can bring out the best in them. And but teach them things. This young man that we had revisiting today, think of this. He, he's going to be 18 January the 17th. He's going to work almost to the year 27. Just do the math. That's 48 years from now. That means he'll be he'll be 65 years old. Mm-hmm. That's mind-boggling. That's mind-boggling. His mom and dad, when I said it, almost fell out of their chairs. <laughs> okay, but that's real, right? Now, what we try to do through the game of basketball is... The, the passion, the attention to detail, the dedication is going to pay off the rest of your life. I mean, we hear guys get jobs because they show up for the interview 25 minutes early. And the guy goes, what are you doing here? The guy says, like, Coach, you don't, you, or sir, you don't understand. I, work, I play for Coach Stephanie. This is what we do. And the guy's like, it's over. You're hired. So it, it's you can sell it because it's bigger than basketball. But it is basketball. Now, it's tough. Because they're not, they want to go play video games. They want to go do this. They want to go. We have one rule Monday morning camp, 240 kids, loud as I can scream. We have one rule nobody's allowed to get discouraged. You didn't try to miss a shot. You're eight years old. What are you going to do? Play video game? 
and that's what we teach. I mean, we're not going to let them get discouraged. I used to do trophies. I used to do ribbons. I used to do all that stuff. And I quit 20 years ago. I don't. I give them a basketball. Now, we compete. We have certificates. I've just signed probably 150 of them right now. We give a basketball. Go wear it out, and I'll give you another one. If I give you a trophy, it's going to go sit on a shelf. Who cares? Mm-hmm. Uh, go And if you'll wear a ball out, I'll give you another one. I don't care if it's two weeks or two months. And, you know, getting young people to do things for the right reasons will bring out the best in them. That's a good way to put it. it. Yeah, we preach it constantly. Well, I mean, I've lived it. I'm not guessing. I've lived it. No doubt. Uh, I wanted to talk about your younger years. My young? Younger years. Okay. You lost your father at a young age. I'm sorry to hear, and and your mom raised you, but she clearly instilled some some values. Can you talk about that? Well, you know, I've got players getting an education of almost a quarter million dollars, and the best we can tell, she had a sixth grade education. And the reason we say the best we can tell is it was in a one room schoolhouse in rural Kentucky. That means all six grades, one through six, are in one, one, one room. And she ran her own business for 43 years. So, so don't, don't, don't say one word to me about your education here. You got the wrong guy. But she was a star in the theory, very simple. I, I asked her, my sister's uh, five years older than me, how did you do this? <laughs> and she said it was very simple. If we needed more, I just worked hard. She ran her own beauty shop. She owned her own business. And that's what he means. She goes, I stayed home longer. I cut more people's hair. She goes, we needed it. I didn't have a choice. There's no scholarships in our family, nothing like that. But the biggest teaching moment were I was so lucky to wear people out that wanted to help me. I made the ninth grade basketball team as an eighth grader. And that was a big thing. There's only two people, Mike Shaw and myself. That was a big thing. Day of a game, we had to wear a tie. Because we wanted to look special. <laughs> well, we only have one tie in my house. And it was a clip-on tie. You know, if you're an eighth grader and you made the ninth grade basketball team and you weren't a clip-on tie, that wouldn't be real cool, would it? That, that wouldn't really get it. So she goes and buys me two ties. Now what's my problem? Don't know how to tie a tie. And you think me? She's from rural Green County, Kentucky. She doesn't know how to tie a tie. So I snuck into school early, prearranged, and went to my coach's classroom, and he tied my tie. Unbeknownst to anyone. Well, the next step was what? He taught me how to tie a tie. I've never tied a tie in my life. National Championship at Bellarmine, Final Four at Louisville. I've never tied a tie in my life that I haven't been thankful for Vernon Wolf for teaching me how to tie a tie. Mm. That's a little thing. My high school coach passed away four years ago this spring. He was 43 years a U.S. history teacher. The best teacher ever. I mean, he's incredible. But in retirement, all he did was 
help kids and, and run clothing drives. He'd run them through a church. It could be from kids all over Louisville. And he, he calls me. We kind of started a little program. He said, uh, he needed big size shoes. And he said, I bet you got some guys that when they're done with their shoes, they're still in pretty good shape. Mm-hmm. Well, it went from Bellarmine men to U of L women, Bellarmine women, U of L men. And I would take a pickup truck full of bags of shoes. So when he passed away, he taught 43 years. Can you imagine how many people came to pay their respects? Because he was a phenomenal teacher. And he wanted no flyers. We were all guilty. Literally all of us. When it says uh, no flyers, donate to fill in the blank. We, we don't do it unless we do it right on the spot, right? Right, right. He wanted shoes for kids. I went to the visitation. I was with Paul Bear at the funeral the next day. It was on a Saturday, Monday morning. I immediately called the funeral home. There was like 257 pair of shoes. that on that Monday, on that Monday, went to an out- Rangeland Elementary School here in Louisville. Beautiful. Those, those kids went to school not knowing they went home with a brand new pair of shoes from, Co- from Coach Baffert. Huge. And all I've said when I'm gone, I want kids for shoes, shoes for kids. But see, what did he do? He he taught others, and, and and he, you know, he raised money to give us a tie, a shirt, a sport coat, and a pair of pants to wear to games. He put players first. So no matter what we do in terms of our preparation, our teaching, our our how thorough we are. If we put those players first, you know, they're going to understand that I'm going to a wedding uh, Saturday afternoon. I'm going to one next Friday night and it's going to be two former great Bellarmine players. And it's three and four teammates in their wedding. You know, there's, there's, it's, it's incredible. Really. If, If we allow people to use the game and never, ever let them say the game used it. Nice, nice. You grew up in the Churchill Downs area, and I read that was considered a gritty part of town. I spoke to a big group uh, last Thursday, and the gentleman came to me and he said, Coach, I got a bow, and I can stand up there and read that. And I thought, oh gosh, I just get older by the minute. I mean, it goes on and on. He goes, I don't really want to read this Bible. He goes, tell me something nobody in this room knows about you. That's how I'm going to introduce you. I said, okay. And I said, tell them that there's nobody, nobody any more proud of the way they grew up than I am, and I wouldn't change one thing. And that's how I was introduced. Nice. nice. It, it, uh, it taught me to be probably not one ounce of entitlement because I was never given a thing. And I think that shows in our program. There is not an ounce of entitlement in this program. And I'm proud of that. Our locker room, there's a gentleman and his wife here in this town, Dr. Mark and Cindy Lynn, who 
made a, a, a contribution, there's no worse to scrap to build our locker room. And, and our players take care of that locker room. I would say better. It's as good a locker room as there is in this country. And they take care of it like it is there. I mean, if we go down it right now, all right, we've been here nine straight days. It's 10 minutes to two. It's Wednesday camp. You go down it right now, and you would think we just went there and cleaned the whole locker room. <laughs> well, what is that? That's personal pride. 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 And every, every successful person has incredible personal pride. If I tell one of them, look, this math class, look, just if you somehow get a B minus, you know what? That kid's gonna come get a B plus or an A minus. I mean, if he's got incredible personal pride, he's like, no, man, coach, watch me. And that's what we do. How do you do that? That's coaching. How you push them more than they've ever been pushed, mentally and physically, but you support them more. I, I mean, more than they've ever been supported. There's no question how hard we are on them. We are. They am not. I won't go. Makes a, Makes a lot of sense. I think that's all I got, that's for, all you. I got for you. Good deal. I appreciate your time. If I can do anything, you, you know how to get me. Okay. Reach out. That's your email. If Thank you. If you want to come this way and watch anything, just let us know. I do. I'll be there soon. All right. You bet. Take care. All Thanks. Right. Bye. Be careful.